Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You are just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Father in heaven, we come to you in prayer now to ask for your presence and your blessing upon us as we consider these these news headlines and the chaos and disorder that's taking place in our world. Father, we want to know you more and we want to trust your word more. And that is our deep desire today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I'm Scott Ritzema for another 30 minutes of news for you because the news headlines only seem to be intensifying each passing day. Charlotte, North Carolina violence absolutely spinning out of control last night, the night before last rather. A thousand people come out and stage what you can't call protests. I mean, when you're shutting down highways and attacking the drivers of semi-trucks, innocent people dragging their cargo out and burning it, starting fires, trying to throw journalists in the fires, attacking journalists, shooting each other, the rioters, not protesters. This is a violent spirit of destruction that has taken hold of so many victims in the devil's snare. It's absolutely vicious and crazy what's happening out there, as you know. In fact, Observers of this are, are saying this is like nothing we've seen since since being in the West Bank and, and seeing the violence between the Palestinians and the Israelis. This is a lot worse than Ferguson. I mean, literally, rioters shooting each other. You have one that was shot and killed. Others grabbing random people and just beating them. It's, it's a, a spirit of absolute just abandon. Just giving themselves over to destruction and saying, we're like the Taliban. So we're seeing civil war in our country, just as has been predicted, by the way. How can this sort of thing happen? The Bible says that natural affections would wane in the last days and that the love of most would grow cold and that all restraint and all respect of authority and the rule of law would be cast aside. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Whether the shooting of this suspect was justified or not is irrelevant given what we're seeing now this is this doesn't this doesn't make right what was done wrong in an unjustified shooting this is just piling on adding fire to fire adding more destruction and violence and death and looting and destroying of things and i'm looking at this trying to understand well you can't understand it because it's the devil's logic it's just kill steal and destroy That's what the devil comes only to do, to kill and steal and destroy. And that's why innocent victims are taken on top of the innocent victim, although the the suspect who was shot that unleashed all of this was armed. He had a gun. And so, you know, being an armed suspect puts you in a precarious situation. Who knows if the shooting was justified? I haven't looked at it closely enough to pass judgment. But what we're seeing now is blatantly obviously evil and inspired by the devil who is a murderer from the beginning and who loves to destroy, to steal and kill and destroy. 
Very sad, very tragic what's happening there. But then at the same time, you know, there was a manuscript release that I've referred to a number of times on the broadcast that said a hundred years ago that we would see civil war, civil unrest erupting in America as a sign of the last days, because that's what you read in Matthew 24, in Second Timothy chapter 3. These are the things that have been predicted to take place. And so when you back up and try and understand this a little bit better, why is this well-funded movement that has declared war on the family, you know, Black Lives Matter's website says that we are committed to disrupting the nuclear family. And you're looking at George Soros, who's a big financier, big money guy, who's funded a lot of these agitations and uh, movements throughout the world, also funding this movement as well. Of, of what you see in the, 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 the destruction and violence in the cities. And there's a, there's a bigger agenda behind this. And whether it's, uh, you know, human actors and nefarious plots of evil or whether it's just the devil's Machiavellian grand scheme behind it all is, is irrelevant. It's a plot of evil. And George Soros himself actually just came out. This wasn't, this wasn't recently, but I just dug these quotes out recently because I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. When I uh, read the quotes for myself, I had heard that he had said some some strange things about his own um, his own power and influence. But let me read the quotes to you so you can understand the multi billion dollar you know rulers of the world, if you will. The mindset here is inspired by the god of this age. He said, "I find it. I fancied myself as some kind of god. If truth be known." I carried some rather potent messianic fantasies with me from childhood. It is a sort of disease when you consider yourself some kind of God, the creator of everything. But I feel comfortable about it now since I began to live it out. You know, in my personal capacity, I'm not actually a selfless philanthropic person. I'm very much self-centered. I am kind of a nut who wants to have an impact. Next to my fantasies about being God, I also have very strong fantasies about being mad. In fact, my grandfather was actually paranoid. I have a lot of madness in my family. So that's just a little collection of some George Soros quotations about how he has fancied himself as some kind of God with messianic fantasies. And he says, when you consider yourself to be some kind of God, the creator of everything, that's a, that's a sort of disease that he's now comfortable with. This sounds crazy, I know, uh, because it is these delusions of messianic grandeur that have taken hold in the power elite. Um, you know, they're very spiritual people, many of them. Um, when, you, when you talk about the Bohemian Grove, this was and is a occult ritualistic gathering that takes place in Northern California each summer, where they have what they call the cremation of care ceremony. That is a theatrical style presented strange ceremony of a mock human sacrifice. I'm not joking. You can watch it. I actually don't recommend watching occult rituals. But the elite of the world love to meet at Bohemian Grove every summer. And in fact, there was just a leak of emails that came out from Colin Powell's emails, and he said, I just got back from Bohemian Grove, and most of the Grove people are, you know, anti-Trump, and uh, even a lot of the Republicans thinking about voting for Hillary, and so that, you know, that gives a little window into how the power elite works, how they function. 
we have an illusion that that there is choice, that there are, you know, two parties, two opposing sides, but really at the top, they have their same and common gathering points and places where they, they don't always do the weird occult rituals like the cremation of care at the Bohemian Grove, but they very much do meet and, and, and discuss global policy together at places like Bilderberg, where I've talked about that before in the broadcast. So I, I share all of this so that we can understand a little bit more about the spirit that is actuating the powers of this world. The Bible says that the powers of this world, the kingdoms of this world, the rulers is, is the term, the rulers of this world are coming to nothing. The Bible says, put not your trust in princes, in mortal man who cannot save. And so that would include you don't put your trust in anti-establishment princes either. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. We put our trust in him. And that doesn't mean we don't get involved civically and, and exercise the civic duty of voting if you feel led to do that. That's an important part of living in a, in a pluralistic society where you have a republic form of government that you have to have representative democracy at the voting booth. So that's important. But we don't want to hitch our wagon to and align our spiritual uh, focus with human rulers, human politicians. The Bible says regarding them, don't put your trust in them. Don't put your trust in mortal men who cannot save. The prince of this world is the devil, right? And he, he is the one that's referred to as the ruler of this world. The kingdoms of this world, certainly under the ultimate sovereignty of God, he sets up kings and deposes them. He will say, this is the limit that you can go. But in the last days, the devilish spirit that is unleashed upon the world takes hold not only of masses like you see in North Carolina right now with the Charlotte riots and you see this just mass mind, mass madness taking place, but also the power elite itself under the power of the rulers of the ruler of this world. The devil said to Jesus, look at all the kingdoms of the world. They've been given to me and I can give them to anyone I want. Now what he said there was partly true and partly false. Adam did surrender dominion of this planet to the devil. But the devil is a thief. He is not the rightful owner of the kingdoms of this world. So you can have relatively good forms of, of government, but when it comes to folks like the Soroses and the Bohemian Grove attendees, and, the, and not at that everybody that goes to these are, are into the ritual, um, I'll be talking about that more in Second Beast Rising, actually, about what is that ritual really and what are they doing and who are the people there. But the bottom line is, We've got to keep our focus, our worship, our attention, our trust, our admiration, our study, our minds upon Jesus, the true Prince of Peace. Because He, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The earth belongs to him. It does not belong to the devil. He is a usurper. But still at the same time, when you look at the kingdoms of this world and the rulers of this world, which are coming to nothing, we know that we're in for very interesting times when you have a global elite that to such a great extent is not devoted fully to Jesus Christ and the word of God. You know that some troublous times may, may be on the way. And we actually know that from Bible prophecy. It says, 
the last days, perilous times will come. Troublous times will come. These are the times that try men's souls, as it was said 200 years ago. Well, let's shift gears into some other important news. The, the Charlotte, North Carolina news certainly grabbing all the headlines right now. But how about this one, speaking of George Soros? Catholic news agency, Soros Money tried to exploit Pope's U.S. visit to influence 2016 elections. Now, this is the Catholic news agency itself coming out and saying, wait a minute, what is happening here? The leaked documents said $650,000 in funds was given to Pico Network and Faith in Public Life which is, of course, a U.S. network of faith-based organizations and claims 1,000-member institutions and works to promote, quote, progressive social justice tied to Catholic social teaching. So basically, you've got the Soros Open Society Foundation, big moneyed group, philanthropy, if you want to call it that, to influence trends and political things and social movements, and that they shelled out $650,000 to push for a unification of the message of the current Pope and actionable movements within this social network of Catholic charities. So that's going to bring about a social change with that kind of money. We'll be right back. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. What does it take to raise spiritually strong young people in our homes? Well, the George Barna research results are in. Parents who have had actual measurable success, who have raised their children to become solid Christian young adults, these parents loved to delve into matters of faith as a family unit. They opened the Bible together during certain set times, but also they used the scriptures as spiritual lessons during those teachable moments in the child's day. Any parents with children in the home need to know this. Write down the DVD title and share it with them right away. It's called How to Raise the Remnant. Now more than ever, parents are in desperate need of solid biblical counsel to guide us back to God's plan for raising godly children in these last days. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior Precious Redeemer and friend Who would have thought that a lamb Could rescue the souls of men Oh, you rescue the souls of men And we're back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch. I'm Scott Ritzema, your host. Segment two, we've got to get into one of the topics that we cover so much because it seems to be increasing in its frequency and its intensity. And yes, I'm talking about natural disasters. All of the signs of the times, Bible prophecy showing us that we are accelerating toward the very last days of Earth's history, UK Express reports. Scientists say there has been an above-average number of significant earthquakes across South Asia and the Pacific since the start of the year. The increased frequency has sparked fears of a national 
I'm sorry, of a repeat of the Nepal earthquake of 2015 when 8,000 people died, or even worse. Roger Billum, seismologist of University of Colorado, said the current conditions might trigger at least four earthquakes greater than 8.0 in magnitude. And if they delay, the strain accumulated during the centuries provokes more catastrophic mega-earthquakes. So you heard that right. The longer we go without big earthquakes, the greater strain and the greater mega they become. That's seismologist Richard Billum of the University of Colorado. And we have gone a while, actually. So hold on and hang on because things are going to start shaking. ChristianNews.net. An eight-year-old girl was recently choked unconscious by an adult male who approached her in the women's restroom of a Chicago restaurant as city officials continue their push for restroom accommodations according to gender identity. Do I need to say anything more? A four-year-old girl in Colorado has been booted from preschool after her. That, that may actually be a good thing to get the kids out of the public schools. But uh, interestingly, let's see why. It was after her mother expressed concern over diversity teaching in the classroom, diversity so-called, that included books on homosexuality and gender identity. R.B. Sinclair told the Denver Post this week that her daughter's preschool teacher at Montview Community Preschool and Kindergarten had been reading books to the children on same-sex couples, yes, four-year-olds now, learning about homosexuality and reading other books about worms that questioned their gender. She said that her daughter came home one day and expressed concern that her father would no longer like girls, meaning like her mother. This is a, I don't know, you could call this an aggressive assault upon the minds of children. And remember this, as Hillary Clinton said, this election is about who will shape the minds of our children for the next four years of their lives. You know, really, the election isn't going to have any bearing upon who shapes my children's minds because I don't expose my children to this public sector mind control system that is seeking to distort and warp every child's view of reality. I've told the story of a good friend who was undergoing the propaganda system of the colleges and how we're supposed to teach diversity and inclusion and all of this. And I'm all for that. We all ought to be, right? I mean, e pluribus unum. We've got a pluralistic society. That's a great thing. A lot of diversity is a, is a, is a blessing. But uh, when they say diversity and inclusion and these sorts of things, they mean this. Uh, my friend comes to me and says, you know, I'm in child development training and I'm getting ready to teach the um, special education class and do this with the small children. And one of the things that really has meant a lot to me is that when a child is playing with a toy, you don't identify the toy. You don't, you don't give names for objects in their environment. And I'm going, wait a minute. Isn't that how you help small children learn about their environment is you start identifying objects when they're a baby? But she says, no, you don't want to identify it for them. Let them come to their own determination of what it is. So if they're playing with a toy car, don't tell them it's a car because to them – it might be something completely different. And I'm going, what? What? You know, I, I understand imagination. Like you take your car and fly it and it's an airplane. That's not she, what she was talking about because it went on like this and she says, and if, you're, if, if they're playing with a little doll or 
something or there's a picture in a picture book of a boy or a girl, don't tell them this is a boy, this is a girl. I said, I knew that's where this was going. Into the realm of the nether regions of nonsensical nothingness and nihilistic postmodern moral relativism and the annihilation of everything real and concrete and black and white and true and evil and and true and false and boy and girl. Four-year-olds now in Colorado being taught about these things and they come home confused. This is criminal. This is an assault upon the innocent minds of children. Teach them about reality. Let them explore, of course. We want freedom of thought and all that, but you don't want to annihilate reality and say uh, there's, there's no right and wrong anymore because that's really what this comes down to. And it's a sad and tragic system of control of the children from a very early age. And, of course, as you hear during the breaks and the little segments about the, the DVD called Schooled, there's quotes of actual social engineers who've said we want to get them very early, very young in the system. We want to collect the children from their parents and shape them on the social needing board. And that we, we need to take the children as hostages from their parents for our great cause of bringing in the new age. These are, these are quotes from social engineers where they, they say the public school system is about uh, creating tens of millions of individual minds. And then after we create the child's mind, by the way, that's a counterfeit creator right there. We're going to create the child's mind and then we're going to weld the child, the, all the millions of bi- minds into one singular group mind. They call it the social mind. And then the group mind can be influenced to go this way or that as we dictate. This is the herd mentality of social networking, of of media fashions, and all of it. It's established from a very early age when individuality is annihilated. So under the guise of allowing them complete freedom to define themselves, you end up destroying true individuality and bringing in a system of mind control upon the whole population. Through the schools of the world, said... Harold Rugg in his book, The Great Technology. Through the schools of the world, we will disseminate a new conception of government that will embrace all the activities of men and that will postulate the need of scientific control. In other words, we're going to give authoritarian state power over every aspect of the human experience, from parenting to everything. Because, of course, the plea in defense that the child is my child will not be accepted much longer by society, said the social engineers 100 years ago. And now you've got the same thing. This election is about whose village is going to raise your children. You know what? Out of the village, as I've said, out of the village, we are responsible as parents, as adults who are seeking for the best interest of our children, responsible to follow Deuteronomy 6. That says, parents, after you hide these truths and words in your own heart, teach them to your own children. Talk about them as you rise up and as you get lie down, morning and evening worship. Talk about these commandments as you walk beside the way and enter through the gates of your house. We are responsible for teaching our children the way of the Lord. Do not hand your children over to Molech, I implore you. It's a not just physical sacrifice of their bodies like in the ancient times, but we would be sacrificing their souls on the altar of, hey, let's all fit in here. Let's all be part of the same group. You know, we can't be 
equally yoked together with unbelievers. And of course, we want to influence, but you influence by coming apart and being separate, saith the Lord, by being a peculiar people, by being especially loving, especially truly tolerant, not false tolerance, but truly embracing and loving every person for their God-given dignity, regardless of their struggles. When we reach out to people with that kind of love, but a true love, not a phony love that, that pats people on the head and says everything's fine. The Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. Don't hate them by withholding rebuke from them. So we've got to be standard bearers of truth with a shield and a guard about our homes, protecting our children from the onslaught against their minds. Shift gears into other news. AP reports, security officials have told the Associated Press that the Islamic State group has trained at least 400 attackers and sent them into Europe for terror attacks. The network of interlocking, agile, and semi-autonomous cells shows the reach of the extremist group in Europe even as it loses ground in Syria. The officials, including European and Iraqi intelligence officials and a French lawmaker who followed the jihadi networks, describes camps designed specifically to train for attacks against the West. So you got that right. The migrant crisis where your heart goes out to poor refugees in war-torn countries uh, you've got radical jihadist groups, ISIS and others, saying we're going to exploit this crisis and we're going to go ahead and infiltrate in the midst of the migration. And then, as the secretary of uh, the, the um, secretary of state assistant just said on on the news, he said we're aware that ISIS is infiltrating in the midst of the the refugees that are coming in, a hundred thousand a year into America, almost a million a year into Europe. And 20% at least support violence to bring in Sharia law. So what is the real program here? It's a destabilization program. It's order out of chaos. It's create the problem, then we offer the solution just like we wanted. So we'll keep our eye on that after the terror attack last week. This, uh, this is a serious thing on the radar of those of us who keep our eyes on the news. But you know what? I shouldn't say keep our eyes on the news. I should say glance occasionally. Jesus said watch and pray. We've got to do both. Praying being by far the most important. But watching also the signs and world events as they unfold as prophecy has foretold. That's important, but not that important. The praying part is the really big and important part. So if you hear about the ISIS infiltrations and all of these crazy numbers of 23% of French young adults now support ISIS, and you go, what is going on? You see now your first migrant leaving Sweden for Somalia to find a better life because in Sweden he's found it too chaotic and uh, with, with, with violence and he's like, it's war here. Sweden. They put out news reports and, and propaganda pieces on their television saying this is the new Sweden now. The old Sweden is gone. And here we are. Let's embrace inclusion. And yeah, we should embrace and help people out. But what's happening here, there's a greater design. And it's so discord to so violence and destruction, which the Bible has said will happen. So where do we find peace? We find peace in our heart with Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. If you hear these news headlines and it brings any fear and anxiety, that's the devil. God doesn't want us to have any fear. 
he, sometimes he gives us a little wake-up call, but that drives us to our knees in repentance. And in love for Jesus Christ, we commit fully to him and we receive his love because he is a God of love and perfect love drives out all fear. So hang on to that. Fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Even as civil war erupts and terrorism arises and geopolitical strife envelops the globe, we can have peace above the storm. That's the joy. That's the peace of being a follower of Jesus Christ. So get in the Word today. Go to BibleProphecyTruth.com. BibleProphecyTruth.com. Study your Bible and get ready because Jesus is coming soon. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. Edward Bernays, in his book, Propaganda, said, If we understand the mechanism and motives of the group mind, is it not possible to control and regiment the masses according to our will without their knowing about it? Well, that sounds a little creepy. He goes on speaking of the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested, largely by men we have never heard of. Madison Avenue, the media elite, if you will. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.